2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. We have to ask, you're Zooming us this morning because you yourself are keeping your distance from people at the moment. Is that still the case?
1: Yeah, yeah, working from home. So um, seven hours of video conferences yesterday wasn't the most exciting. But but yeah, somebody who I work with um, tested positive for coronavirus, so... um, because we were in close contact, it means I have to restrict my movements and um, that means working from home for the next little while, which is not ideal, but um, I'm fine and those are the rules, so guess i got to follow them.
2: How's the Wi-Fi? Did you have to reboot the router at any point during the, the calls yesterday?
0: No, no,
1: everything's, okay. everything's working okay. Very good.
0: So we've asked listeners to send us in some questions for I you.
1: I uh, had a battery failure with my laptop, but that's because I didn't plug it in.
0: Okay, gotcha. sure. <laughs> we, we've asked listeners to send us in some questions. Um, and we've got a few got a few coming in but we've, uh, before the kids went to school we asked kids to send in questions uh, on their way to school and they did loads of questions came in we've only got a couple because uh, we thought qu- kids ask the best questions no better people for getting straight to the point so this is Jack and he has a he has a nanny question
1: hey Leo it's Jack Barney here um, are you able to hug your nanny and grandad is it safe thank you solid kid question Oh, it's a good question too. <laughs> 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 of, of of course, not, nothing's hundred percent safe, but um, but um, a, a kid hugging their granny is is pretty safe. So, I'd say the short answer is yes, but unless you have unless you have a cold or a cough or a temperature, or you're sick yourself.
0: Excellent. If you have no
2: symptoms, it's okay. That's good news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you may have. This may have been asked even on the street by kids. Uh, but here is a really obvious one that's coming up very, very soon from Ella.
0: Hi, do, hi, Leo. My name's Ella, and and I'm wondering if we ever go trick or treating. Bye.
2: Trick or treating, Leo. How will that work?
1: Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's more than a month away, as you know. So um that's going to depend on how we do uh, over the next couple of weeks. So I'm hoping the answer is going to be yes, but we won't be able to make that call. And the public health doctors won't be able to make that call until, until near, near the time. So uh, as you know, the virus is um, growing again. Uh, if it keeps growing at the rate it's growing, um, that's not a good sign for Halloween. But if we, if we get on top of it, if we wash our hands, keep a distance, wear face coverings in crowded places, get the virus under control and then I think um,
0: I think it'll be okay I mean we we should probably start thinking of an alternative way to get sweets to the kids mm. they can still dress up yeah. you know so maybe oh, they yeah might need that and uh, we have another kid this, this is, is Chloe Chloe yeah
2: hi Leo this is cloudy morning. I was just wondering it was I know it was mean and
0: all that you got a milkshake thrown over you know what flavour was it and you're better than that me hot martin fella
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the milkshake um, I don't know some sort of orange citrusy type thing
0: citrus milkshake
1: mm. Mm. slightly slightly stung my eyes That so must have been um, lemon or orange or oh, something dear. like that
2: not good not good
1: terrible waste of a milkshake though <laughs> a couple of questions so, the um, suit, suit got the brunt of it though I'm, I'm grand uh,
2: um, that people have been sending this morning uh, an Instagram post yesterday stopped me in my tracks uh, but on someone who had, had just not received good news in a maternity uh, appointment and they didn't have a partner with them is there any hope obviously people go into these things for great news obviously as well part and parcel of, of expecting uh, a baby and is there any way has it come up have there been any discussions that partners can can go with them
1: yeah, there's been been a lot of discussion about it actually, because um, uh, um, it's a really tough one. I, I uh, used to, used to work in in Palace Street, and um, you know, was, uh, did the scans on occasion. And you know, most of the time, it's it's good news, and sometimes it's bad news. But um, almost always, you know, the expected mum's partner was there, you know, for moral support. And uh, you know to even just to ask, ask questions because you can be very stressed when you're getting the scan yourself and you don't always take in all the information you're giving so um, we're hoping to get some guidelines that are a bit more a bit more consistent around who can visit and who can't um, but in the end of the day it is going to be up to the hospitals themselves because there will be different situations in different hospitals and um, while most pregnant women are very healthy, uh, some of underlying conditions, and if you've got a large number of visitors coming in that hospitals, there is a risk that the virus will get into the hospital, and then that's a risk to to the mother. So, you know, health and life has to come first. But um, we uh, we are trying to get some consistent guidelines with the hospitals to facilitate uh, partners to come in for those important appointments as much as is possible, because um, it's, it's not not a time that people want to be alone, you know.
0: We keep hearing about um, this winter is going to be a, a potentially a bumpy ride, and that we're heading into a second wave. What advice would you give for people heading into the winter season, based on what you're what you're hearing at the moment?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I think we I think we may already be well into a second wave. Uh, you know, if you look at our graph, or if you look at the graphs around Europe. Um, in some countries like France and Spain they're already recording more cases every day than they did back in the spring so um, I don't know whether, whether whether we're at the start of a second wave or whether we're well into one I, I kind of hope we're well into one because that means it might level off and start falling in the next few weeks rather than just going going up and up um, but the advice is the same you know it, it actually is quite simple this is a virus that jumps from one person to the next passes from one, from one person to the next how do you get it Uh, We get it because we interact with each other. And in order to slow the spread of the virus, we have to interact with other people less. Um, And I know that's difficult. And I know it's going on for months, far too long at this stage, and people are getting sick of it. But um, we don't want to get sick from it either. And uh, that means reducing the number of people you're in contact with and where you are in contact with people doing the things that we all need to know that we need to do now uh, washing our hands regularly if you don't remember how many times you wash your hands or sanitized them today it's because you haven't done it enough um, trying to keep that distance of two metres as much as possible uh, and then when we're on public transport or in shops or crowded places to wear wear a face covering and then just as important as everything else if you're feeling sick uh, if you've got a temperature a new cough um, loss lost your Lost your senses, tell, was sense of taste or smell, uh, any of those symptoms, then you got to stay home and ring your GP and find out whether you need a test. Yes, and if we all did that, actually, the R number would be below one, and on the virus. Actually, if ninety percent of us did that, ninety percent of the time, not even everyone all the time, uh, the virus would be in decline again. But unfortunately, we're not.
2: With your in your capacity is tarnished now. Previous capacity as T shock. But having said that, it's well known that you know you are a qualified doctor. In your opinion, and from stuff you've heard, if things keep rising, are we looking at the exact same scenario as late March, April, May, or is it is it hard to know? What what are what's the worst case scenario here that we're facing into again?
1: Well, the worst case scenario would be would be a second wave of of infections, hospitalizations, and deaths worse than what we experienced in spring. Um, and that's always something we've been worried about. I remember when Simon Harris and I were having conversations with Tony Hilton back in uh, March or April, he'd tell us that when the flu pandemic happened in 1918, you know, the last big pandemic like this, it was actually the second wave that was worse than the first. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's going to happen this time because this is a coronavirus pandemic uh, and not a flu pandemic, and we know much more about viruses now than we did 100 years ago. Uh, the most optimistic scenario, and this could happen, is that we could have a second wave of a lot of people getting infected, but not so many people getting sick, not so many deaths, not so many people ending up in hospital. And if you look at what's happening in, in Spain and France that are a couple of weeks ahead of us, they're seeing record numbers of case, cases every day, but. Um, actually not record numbers of people um, getting sick, ending up in hospital, dying. Now, that is happening, but at a much lower level than happened in the spring. So that would be the optimistic scenario that um, um, th- that, that there is a degree of immunity out there, not much, but some. Um, and perhaps, and I know this is not a nice thing to say, but it's possible that some of the people most susceptible to this virus have already died from it. Um, but we just don't know that, actually, and we've decided as a, as a government we're not willing to take that chance. And that's why we've um, brought in much stricter regulations in Dublin than will be the case in other cities around Europe where, where the virus is actually at a higher level. Um, we just don't want to take that chance. We'd rather rather let other countries take that chance with their citizens' lives and health than, than us.
2: But listening to what you're saying there, it kind of does play into the idea that was discussed yesterday of under 60s, the economy, young people just contracting it. And and as you you say, you're looking ahead to Spain, uh, who are a few weeks ahead. Can you understand also then when people see numbers, yes, people testing positive, uh, very little or no deaths, and then wondering, can we not just get on with this and why can't I go for a meal? Why can't I see? I'm sure that is one of the biggest challenges that maybe we didn't have earlier on in the year.
1: Yeah, you you know, I I totally understand it and um, I I keep an open mind on these arguments. You know, Ronan Glynn says that anyone who speaks to you with certainty about the coronavirus is doing so because they're confident, not because they're necessarily right. You, You know, nobody's really an expert on this. It's only around for about a year So, you know, I never dismiss other opinions. and I always listen to the different ideas. And, you know, as Minister, who's now responsible for business and jobs, I want businesses open and I want people back to work. And we need the economy going because if we don't get the economy going again, we won't be able to afford um, healthcare and schools and housing and all the other things we need. Um, But what I also know is that if this virus gets out of control, a lot of people will get sick, Um, customers will be sick, employees will be sick, uh, and businesses will will close for that reason. So we don't want to get in that scenario either. Uh, And one thing we need to bear in mind about young people, while younger people don't uh, tend not to die from the virus, some do, but very few do, um, we don't yet know what the long-term consequences of it are. uh, And there is some evidence uh, that younger people get the virus. And they can actually, in some cases, do long-term damage to your heart and lungs. So imagine you're somebody who's, you know, in your 20s or 30s, uh, you're physically active, you have a great social life, and because you get this virus, you end up having a weak heart or weak lungs for the rest of your life. You know, that's not it's not the kind of, kind of virus you want to get, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: From, what, from what I've seen out and about, um, it's, uh, there are large, large groups of uh, young people sort of behind shops and in places nobody can see them. They're gathering because you know when you're fifth and sixth year, that's it's kind of your mates is is your whole world. You know, people you're you're dating, whatever's your whole world. You don't want to stay away from all that. How do you reach those people and convince them to stay away from each other to stay apart?
1: I think it's just just constant um, information and constant encouragement, like. um you know, I I I remember what it's like being that age, and I was just thinking the other day about my leaving cert year, and you had so many big milestones. You know, you had the exams, you had the graduation, the results night, um, you had possibly a J one going to America for the summer, um, the Debs, starting college, and Freshers Week. You know, they've lost out all of those milestones, all of those things, in the space of a few months, and. really tough for them actually uh so you know you know i I never like the finger pointing Mm. i think we just need to keep talking to them and encouraging them and um and engaging them but if you have any bright ideas i'm 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 all ears because it is it is one thing we're having a difficulty with is is getting that message across to people uh one thing i would say though and um it is actually better that people are congregating outside than indoors Mm. you know maybe maybe sometimes we see the younger people outside on the green or behind the shops um, we don't see the people in their 40s and 50s and 60s um, in groups of 6 and 10 and, and 15 in houses um, forgetting all about social distancing because nobody's watching them. Mm. I think we need to bear that in mind too.
2: Just two things very briefly. First of all, any thoughts on a home testing kit that people could then be more aware quickly, more quickly aware of, you know, if they have to self-isolate?
1: Yeah, well, there, there's a lot of um, lot of uh, progress being made on testing. So what we use in Ireland is this gold standard swab test PCR. it's 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 a bit slow and a bit expensive but it's very sensitive and very specific but there are now reputable companies that are producing antigen tests where you can use the saliva sample and get a result back within half an hour Uh, they cost about five or six euros each uh, so not as accurate but much easier to use much quicker much cheaper and you know I see Germany, UK are starting to use them. I think it's only a matter of time before we do too. And that actually could be very useful, you know, for screening healthcare workers, screening visitors to nursing homes. Um, Not 100% won't eliminate the virus, but could help to reduce the risk a lot. Uh, And I think you'll start seeing them being used sooner rather than later.
2: Finally, uh, Leo, with the economy decimated in so many ways, with so many businesses reporting that, any digital transition that they were planning to have happening much quicker because of covid this fund the the government fund cutting edge technology is this if if we understand this correctly is this to uh train and reskill workers or how exactly is that money going to be spent
1: yes yeah, so this is a fund that we set aside um a year or two ago um, um it's still it's there's about 500 million in the fund uh 140 million has been drawn down but we're the so 360 million, which hasn't, so we're opening it up to a call for new applications. And essentially what has to happen is um, is a number of companies have to come together, hopefully a big company and a small company, and partner with the university. And we then give them some co-funding to invest in in a project, in, in a science innovation technology project that could lead to a new technology that can then be commercialized uh, and create jobs and create profits. So the kind of things we funded in the past would have been a project to make plastic out of plants. So instead of having to import oil and damage the environment to make plastic products um, out of plant-based materials. Um, Other ones will be around healthcare research around stem cells. So it's all about encouraging businesses and scientists and universities to come together and invest in these technologies. And uh, hopefully it'll help Ireland to become uh, one of those countries with with the big inventions and the big ideas. So information up on the Enterprise Ireland website about that now, Uh, all the information you need, and we'll take the formal applications in November.
2: Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us uh, this morning uh,
1: good luck
0: with the working from home calls Not at all. now you know what everyone it else might, is my pleasure
1: hope you next time in person w-
0: watch out for Avril Levine's coming towards you
1: <laughs> I hear she's um, going to release a new album so I'm
0: yeah she's on the back of she that whole thing yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange publicity stunt. <laughs> <song>. inspired her <laughs> yeah. alright well, thanks very much thanks again alright thanks a bit take care See ya. bye